absent friends. To absent friends. I'll drink to that and then. Prairie oysters, darling. It's an egg with Worcestershire sauce all sort of pushed up together. She writes plays now? How you doing, Broadway? Broadway. A toast to absent friends. My name is JD from When the Lights Go Out. And I'm Sam from When the Lights Go Out now. <laughs> oh, true. She's Yeah. yeah. She, we've made partner. Uh-huh. <clears throat> we've been sadly a bit siloed lately because we've been seeing a lot of theater individually. Mm-hmm. So, what have you seen? I think the only thing I've seen that you haven't seen is Honeymoon in Vegas. How was that? I saw it your was, review because I had to edit no, it, but it was great. Actually, I was really surprised. Like, I I guess it's based on some kind of rom com from the nineties or like nineteen eighty nine, something like that. It stars it was what's so his name? This point. Nicholas Cage, right? Yeah, Nick Cage is in the movie, but um, I had never seen that, <laughs> so I just kind of went into it blind, and I thought it was really funny. It was a great time. I brought my younger sister. Um, it was hilarious, and the songs were good, and it was it was so outrageously funny, actually. I mean, I do love me some Jason Robert Brown, but it's mm-hmm. like, sometimes... I actually was wondering how it would go over. I sadly had to miss it because of Wigwood, so I wasn't available that weekend. But Sam's review is great. It's on the blog right now. You should mm-hmm. check it out, and... Check it out. See what the... Uh, I think the next... The next Slowburn show is Mary Poppins opening, I think, in a few weeks. I'm very curious to see Spongebob the Musical now. But listen, I've told you, we have to watch the... You have to watch the pro shot. I love the pro shot. The pro shot... There's a pro shot? Yes. They filmed... So when it closed on Broadway, because it was the Palace Theater, Uh uh, basically they wanted to film the show, but because the Palace is under renovation, like they had no time and no money to film it on Broadway. And honestly, filming shows in London is a lot cheaper. So mm-hmm. they went overseas, they decked out a whole theater, and they filmed it, uh, they filmed it for, on the West End, in London. No way. It's really, it's on Amazon Prime, it's like, just like, have a little, like, subs, enhancing substances, okay. and it's a, it, it's a great evening, honestly, it's like, it's got this score that's all, like, it's, it's sort of a jukebox show, but, like, by a bunch of different artists who wrote for the show, like... Panic at the Disco, T.I., Jonathan Colton. T.I. Uh, made a song yes. for Spongebob the Musical. Yes, and when you hear it, you can kind of tell it's a T.I. song. That's hilarious. Who it, sings it? Who sings T.I.'s song? Plankton. Of course. It's like Plankton's <laughs> villain rap, basically. T.I. is very short. It's only fitting that he would make a song for Plankton. You know, I'm, I'm dating this guy right now that he is 12 years older than me, mm-hmm. and he did not grow up in a he grew up in a pre-spongebob world and he doesn't have like young he doesn't know the references he does not understand spongebob references he so i've been trying to like make him more culturally literate i think he's probably one of the only people that listen to this podcast too so (laughs) i've been trying to show him spongebob episodes i've shown him a couple i showed him um shanghai i've been like the classics as well oh yeah seasons one through three the one where he they get kidnapped by the flying dutchman and they have to work on his ship oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's my favorite one yeah you have have to show him some more you just have to go like the early seasons and then it's like Mm -hmm. they're settled it's like i had a friend actually who grew up it's so interesting their mother like basically was like against them watching spongebob as a child because spongebob was a little fruity um, fruity is very fruity, and then That's it's like, interesting. and I think they also grew up in Costa Rica, so it was like yeah. they didn't really have like American TV. No, um, but basically, it's so funny because I think they didn't want their kid to watch SpongeBob because it was fruity, and then they grew up trans. <laughs> I've heard of people not watch wanting their kids to watch SpongeBob for a myriad of reasons. I feel like contemporary SpongeBob is a lot more fruity than it's just weird now. SpongeBob. Have you seen current SpongeBob? He, uh, d- didn't they say he's bisexual? Have remember, they? remember, SpongeBob came out as bi like two years ago, three years ago. When this, this is why Donald Trump became president. You know, when? this is like like oh, you don't remember? This was big news. Building on the back of children's cartoons, um, how was Beauty and the Beast immersive? Wait, no, I got one. More, I got one oh, before that. Okay, what was before? That? Actually, you know, you know, I'll start there. I'll start there. Start there. Yeah. So Beauty and the Beast. So was the same production I had seen last year. It's. So interesting. It's very Brechtian, I want to say. Brechtian. It's like such a, a strange version of it. It's like 
I so every time I've seen this show, I have not sat at the table. So if you kn- the general idea of the show is that you're in the beast castle, yeah, and like you essentially are either on the benches where like the actors are actually performing on the tables, yeah, and or you're on the the kind of side. So because I was pressed this time, they put me on the side, and cool. it was so interesting the way they did it because it's like the sight lines are a little odd sometimes it's like and they double up a lot of roles like bell and the beast are the only ones i think that don't do double roles mm-hmm. but like um cogsworth is also oh it's a little short one short little gay one's name lafu 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 uh gaston is also lumiere yeah um okay it's a lot of the same people we actually saw in cabaret Really? A lot of the same performers. Like, the Beast was no the one who way. played uh, Bobby in the Cabaret Boys. Yeah, I mean, it also depends on where you sit. So, like, I saw I saw it from the sides again. I like kind of being able to see it. It's so crazy because you will see, like, actors, like, they tell you, do not put your things on the, sta- on the tables. Put your things under the chair. They will, um, because the actors essentially are dancing over the tables. So, like, if you, like, even put your arms and your elbows on the table, you can get, like smacked right there mm-hmm. like you're gonna get stomps on by an actor yeah. um but it really forced you to kind of be in it and it's like to me alan menken and howard ashman's music works the best there tim rice i kind of don't like as a songwriter that much no because he d- i mean he did like evita jesus christ superstar great um, songs he works good with with andrew lloyd weber as if anyone can work good with andrew lloyd weber yeah. who's a dick um but with t- with how with Mencken, I feel like his songwritings are just like a pale imitation of Howard Ashman songs. I saw Hades Town again <laughs> for the. Fucking That's my segue. Point. I know. I'll be like, I want to see Book of Mormon. And he's like, Oh God, why? But then you're gonna go I... and see Hades Town for the fiftieth time. Well, I didn't choose to, to do Hades Town and cry. I I do. <laughs> I do take. I collect my flowers and I sob. Oh my lord! You saw. You, you probably saw me sob at this tour when we saw that I loved. Mm-hmm. But then I was on Broadway again, and it's so interesting this time around. I feel like they were very like anti phone. Yeah. Because people like some guy literally looked at his text messages for a second, and I saw the flashlight come down and like no. Wow. Like some guy just opened his phone and was like no, and then because. Uh, Okay, so full disclosure, when I saw it and brought it the first time, November 2021, when it was reopening, it was, like, I recorded, like, the bows and, like, the We Raise Our Cups uh, sequence mm-hmm. that they do at the end, and it's, like, they didn't really care. Now, it's, like, I literally saw an usher go to a lady that had, in the box seats, who had, like, taken a photo at the end of, like, the cast, and he made her physically, and I saw this, he made her go to her camera roll, delete all the photos power trip it's such a power these ushers on broadway at the jujamson theaters are insane it's like when you go to a restaurant and there's um you know a hostess or a host or like we that don't is have just ketchup. Like, so tyrannical about like seating at the restaurant and where you can or cannot sit and it's like you know like half the restaurant be empty and you want to sit there no you can't sit there because that's gonna mess we up have reservations actually for the night and it's and it's like you know it's just that's your little domain that's your corner of the universe that's where you're king of the castle literally so for your five <laughs> minutes that you are i mean you're normally a minimum entry minimum wage worker that's not making enough to live anyway it's the it's the total ego trip um so but and so that same weekend I did so I didn't choose to see Haiti Sound. I did this thing called Broadway Broadway Roulette. You pay like seventy bucks. You can see any player musical on Broadway that's currently running, um, and it's entirely random. But you pick three you don't want to see. Sadly, you know what I want. You know what I picked. I didn't want to see what. Funny Girl, because I don't want to see Rachel Berry. No, I don't. I'm not gonna pay like, to see Rachel Berry. Okay, but okay. What what else? Uh, MJ the Musical. Okay. Because I don't want to see a Michael Jackson show. Okay. Um, and the Aladdin. You didn't okay. come with me, but I saw Aladdin on tour. It's essentially the same show. I just... Uh, and I, I, I don't like Disney musicals. It's the... The thing is, is, like, these family shows... Okay, you have kids that have just learned to talk and, like, do not know when to stop talking. Uh-huh. And they will, like, narrate the entire... Show. I saw Frozen twice. Mommy, why is no, she no, no. blonde? <laughs> It was like, I think she's blonde because this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, they literally narrate the entire show. Mama, Olaf! 
Not even. Olaf! <laughs> these kids have like whole like d- discourses with their parents, <laughs> yes. and it's like, lady, I know your kid just learned to talk, but shut the fuck up. I do theater. have to say though, like I saw Lion King many times as a child, and like if oh, I lucky. talked in the theater. My mom would kill me. Like, it wasn't, like, I I think some parents just aren't good parents. That's you know because what I mean? your mother is, uh, what's her name? Your mother is uh, Abby Lee Miller on her scooter. Yes. Saying, you preach her. theater etiquette yes. to my children. Exactly. That, that, that was it. I mean, serious, but it's like, dude, if you can't get your kid to behave, like, everyone knows their own, um, everyone knows their kid... You know, if your kid can't handle theater setting, don't bring them out to the theater. I would say, like, start with a movie theater first before you go to a theater. Start with a fucking restaurant. If your kid can't behave at McDonald's, don't take them to the Arch Center. Don't take them to the Arch Center. Have them narrate the entire show. Although I will say, I did take my one friend to see Aladdin, and essentially... He was like, oh, I know how they do the, the, the magic carpet sequence. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, there's children. They Don't ruin it for them. <laughs> so it's like, not real? Inverse of the, no. But, but you know what very, the gag is? These are the most profitable shows. The ones that they want to take the kids to. They are. Because sadly, that is the nature of Broadway. Yeah. It's like, when you can buy multiple tickets at once, those are the shows that are really doing well. Yeah. So, uh, it's like, unfortunately, Strange Loop closed uh, back in January. And... It was the best... It's honestly... I think it's probably one of the best new musical winners to have, like, a really short run. I don't think it's the shortest, because technically, I think that was Passions, the Stephen Sondheim show that closed after, like, 50 performances. That won Best Musical. Oh, yeah. Um, but it didn't really have a long shelf life, because it's a show that does not... Um, it is not a family show, and it's not for children. Um, I will say, though, we're gonna, we're gonna get into this in the Wicked episode... That woman with the pearls and the fur and her giant Chanel bag and her Louboutins. Oh my god, I loved her. I, I loved her. To the woman that... She got dropped off in the Maybach. In the Maybach at the valet because she doesn't... She's not gonna... She was sweetie, not she's not. Two step. The premiere of Wicked... She stepped out with the... She had the kitten heel Louboutins. They were like those... What is the name of the... The wedges. The, the, no, they're, they're the shoes you, you wear to perform in. The the fucking Broadway girl shoes. I don't advertise that either. The Laducas. <laughs> yeah, the Laducas. She had the Louboutin Laducas. <laughs> Did you see? They were Louboutin Laducas. They were tall. That's what they had like. the strap and everything. They I were Louboutin Laducas. You're selling me on With these. the fur, the pearls, and the jumbo Chanel bag. Like, I want to be her. 500 fucking years old, too. Oh, yeah. You know, they, like, defrosted her from Palm Beach and just sent her down in Palm the main bag. She was like, I want to go and see Wicked. I want to see Wicked. <laughs> but I don't want to fly all the way to New York because it's too cold. <laughs> it's too cold, yes. It's too freezing. No. And I think some ruffian might rough me up on the way from the stage it's, door. Yeah, they're like, let's go to Miami. but let's go to Miami Beach. Beach. No, she lives in Miami, but you. You know she's a Miami. She's she she's either like Miami Beach, North Bay Road, or Palm Beach, Daytona. Where's that neighborhood in Daytona? There's just like like here's like we have rich people in Miami, but we don't have like old white rich people. You know Not the way I mean? in Palm Beach. They, Not the way in Palm Beach they do. Like although, she looked very Palm Beach. To be fair, we're also sitting next to them usually because True. we're both writers and we're both in the orchestra. Yeah, and that's where they put us up. Um. But we're next to these people, and I come dressed... We're also sitting next to Damien. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's right. Your sister got so mad. Yeah, because... what What's his actual name? Daniel Franzesi. Yeah, he was sitting behind us, and <laughs> got a picture with him. Or JD. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, not to blow the cover. Got a picture of them. And I showed my sisters. And it wasn't my sister. It was my sisters, plural, because they all love Mean Girls. So, and, like, don't get me wrong. I love Mean Girls, too. But I didn't want to. I wasn't like, let me get a selfie with well, them. Well, you know how it's like. This is like TikTok First of thing. all, I was like, is that him? It is him. <laughs> I was like. Well, he's, he's from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, no way. His mom... So my barber told me that his, like, mom lives down here. So he'll, like, fly between here and L.A. all the time. Okay, cool. And so he, like... Uh, what's it called? So, ah. You know how there's a a thing, like, you'll, like, meet someone, and you'll reference their most obscure work? Yeah. Well, like, I... So I, I didn't say Mean Girls at first. I said, I loved you in Looking. Where he plays this HIV-positive, like, gay guy who's um, friends with Jonathan Groff's character, 
or I think is like in love with Jonathan Groff's character. I forget. But looking is essentially like the HBO tried to pitch it as like the gay version of girls. Yeah. So it's like Jonathan Groff is like the Lena Dunham character, and instead of New York, he lives in San Francisco and like the tender uh, tenderloin. Yeah. In the tenderloin? Yeah, it's somewhere like that. The tenderloin is like the crack homeless neighborhood. Oh no, the no, no Castro no, like, is the, the gay neighborhood. Oh yeah, that's right, Castro. Yeah. I think well. He worked for a tech company. Yeah, so he probably didn't live in the Tenderloin. It's a very interesting show, and also, it's like, I entirely forgot that Jonathan Groff wasn't gay at one point. Oh, really? Until he came out during, like, spring, after, like, Spring Awakening was a big thing. Wow. And it's like, Daniel, Daniel Francesi is really good at that, and aside from being Damien and Mean Girls. Yeah, I think it's funny how many people are, like, secretly from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, there's, like, like, connections. Marilyn Manson. Secretly from Fort Lauderdale. Not just Fort Lauderdale. He went to Broward College. He was like from Sunrise. No way. My like like, psych teacher was allegedly his like bodyguard. What? And like when they went to BC together. That's funny. I flew up to New York to see Jinx Monsoon in Chicago as Mama Morton. Oh, that's right. And she, my, I mean, Mama. When I say roles that are built for people, this is comedic. There's a little bit of drama in it, and it's, like, this big, belty part that's, like, perfect for her. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, I told you this story earlier, but, so, my experience getting there, um, I went to TKTS in the morning, and usually it's, like, discounted tickets, um, but they had entirely sold out for that evening. And so I was, like, oh, no. So I got my friend to drive me to the Ambassador, because she's, like, the one person in New York who has a car. <laughs> She drove me in her Jeep to the Ambassador. I asked the man, do you have anything left for tonight? He's like, I have one single ticket, Orchestra Center, 180. I'm like, do you have anything cheaper in the mezzanine? And he's like, you know, let me see what I can do for a discount. So I got tickets that were priced at 179. He gave me 119. Period. Material girl. Material girl. Material girl. That gets a material girl. We need like a material girl button. But I want it. I want it to be Dasha. Material <laughs> girl. It's like to me, this show, not gonna lie, has to have big stars in it. And I'm not just saying like people who who are already famous, but like people who have the star quality. Yeah. I think that the Velma I saw on, on Broadway, Lana Gordon. I have seen her in Hades Town. I saw her in Chicago last time. She as Velma is transcendent. She can belt like it's no one's business. She can do the Fosse choreography like there's like nothing, like nothing, and that involves like being on a chair, being lifted in the air like it's a mitzvah, um, fl- literally like floating about the stage and like getting the core. It's insane how much she does in this show. So, I took my sister with me to see Honeymoon in Vegas at the Broward Center, and it was the busiest I had ever seen the Broward oh, Center yeah, yeah. in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tell the story. And I'm trying to get in to the parking garage, and there's it's a three-story parking garage, and I had yeah. to park on the roof. I'd never even parked on the roof before, as never. many times as I've been there. And No matter how and late like, we are, we've, we've never parked on... Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what... What the fuck is going on? Who is who is at the main theater today? The the O oh, Rene. Oh Rene. Yeah, because because we're go- the smaller theater Amaturo. is the yeah the Amaturo, and that's where Honeymoon in Vegas was. That's where Slowburn does all their productions. Um, so I'm like, who is, who is it? And, and you know, when you walk out through the sky bridge, to, you have, you walk through the main theater before you get to it. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm seeing all these hippies in it, it everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I walk across the sky bridge and it's the, the name was like Bob Weir and the wolf pack. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I Google them and it's like, uh, like everyone's wearing Grateful Dead shirts. The whole Broward Center smells like we, and like Broward Center is a nice place. Like oh, it's yeah. usually just like, you know, Broadway, put together. pinkies in the air. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like white people with dreadlocks, tie dye, Grateful Dead t-shirts. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Burning I go happening. outside. It's there's literally people walking around selling bowls like glass of pipes with like white people with dreadlocks selling glass pipes water right pipes. in front by the fucking um, valet to the Broward Center. I'm like, what is happening? I Google the band and I was like, it's like a Grateful Dead cover band, but I, I guess Bob no, Weir was- is one of the original members yeah. of Grateful Dead, and it's like. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was hilarious. It was like the Deadheads take the Broward Center. They were there for one night. It was like 
I like oh my gosh if they could only get turnout like this for their musicals like, seriously and the funny thing is you know they were all smoking inside too like oh, that one thousand I wish I wish they could do that for like Wicked just like smoke a blunt I mean Wicked. it would no Hades sound <laughs> Hades remember Town. like Hades sound there was so much smoke on the stage we could get like the there. entire audience took their playbills and were like fanning the front row was like fanning the smoke yeah. away from them because <laughs> I think when the fog machines was like accidentally like pointed at the crowd so they were just like trying to see anything and like fanning themselves away. It was that was that's, that's where you would hot box. That's where you would hot box. Yes. So we're talking about Wicked Baby. Uh, unlimited. Ah. <laughs> That was, I had so much fun seeing Wicked. Cause, it so, brought me back so, to, like, 2000 and whatever when it came out. Yeah, you I saw like it kid much again. earlier than I did. Yeah, tell me your wicked years sto- ago. Tell me your Wicked story before I tell mine. My Wicked story was just... I, w- I was very young. I literally might have been, like, 10 years old. Because um, I remember in the fourth grade, I had read Wizard of Oz... And um, I got really into the whole like Wizard of Oz expanded universe. Wizard of Oz, a lot of people don't realize this if you've never actually read the book, is kind of like a Chronicles of Narnia type situation. Frank L. Baum, L. Frank Baum has like 12 books. Yeah. And I got kind of all into the lore. I was really into fantasy when I was a kid. Harry Potter, Aragon, all that shit. And uh, I was into Wizard of Oz for That's a while. Being gay. And then, yeah, right. Um, and then this was right around the time Wicked had first came out, and I, I had begged my mom to take me, and uh, we got Wednesday matinee tickets to see it. It was still expensive, but like back then, expensive today is like would be so cheap for Wicked. Well, back then, the trick was you'd go to the Wednesday matinee. Oh yeah. And those tickets, it wouldn't be. I think our tickets were like sixty dollars. Wow. Yeah, and they weren't bad either. Were they in, like... Do you remember how high up you were? It was... We weren't high. It was orchestra or something, but closer to the back. Un- that's unfucking believable. $60 for orchestra... Even today, a Wednesday matinee ticket Wednesday would be $150. Yeah. Yeah, this was... I mean, also, like, this was, like, like what, 2007, 2008, something like that? Like, I, this was a long time ago. I don't know how much... I mean, it's... I think inflation Wednesday, has gone Wednesday matinee over. tickets used to always be, like, $65. They used to be so cheap. Always be $65. Cause, and that's how, you know, we managed to go to so many back in the day. That's how my grandma got me to see Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Back in the day. It's, like, it's so much... It's, like, when we think of Broadway prices now, like, sometimes I will see a show that's, like, less than 100 for orchestra yeah. seats, and I'll be like, wow, what a deal. But also, $65 a ticket is still expensive. It's still <laughs> like, it's most still... people can't afford that. Which is kind of, like... Whim on a random Wednesday. Also, Wednesday matinee. That's when people are working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's why they're cheap. It's like Wednesday in New York City. You have to like find parking or like yeah. kick the train into New York City. So your typical, you know, working class person cannot. You know, that's still very inaccessible for them. Well, that's why we're seeing the tour version with yes. that beautiful woman in her heels and her fur, oh, her Louboutins and her, her fur. Love her. It's so unfortunate that this show is very cost prohibitive because it does have such an all ages appeal. I think, like, even kids kind of can get this. Well, okay. So, my experience was in 2017. My friend was taking, uh, was supposed to take a girl to see it, but she bailed, and he told me. This was a Sunday, I remember. He was like, you're the only person I know who would be free to see Wicked, a (laughs) musical, on Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) And I'm like, you're damn right I am. So we went to see it. We went to Broadway. Um, You know who... And it's crazy. The show did actually suncast at one point. You know who was playing Madame Morrible? Who? Cheryl Lee Ralph. Who's that? Abbott Elementary. So she's the original Dina in Dreamgirls. Okay. Now she's big because of Abbott Elementary. She's Why don't you read the, the little preamble I wrote? Okay, about Wicked. Yes. Wicked is a 2003 musical with a book by Winnie Holzman, music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz of Hunchback of Notre Dame, and gospel fame. Notre Dame, like it's the university. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame. Based on the novel by Gregory Maguire that takes a look at the true lives of witches of Oz from the book by L. Frank Baum. The Wicked Witch of the West, here named Alphaba, in tribute to the original Oz writer, 
is viewed as a troubled as troubled from childhood encountering spoiled rich girl glinda lackadaisical fire how do you say his name fiero 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 Fiero, who dances through life and the wizard of oz you know something i forgot about wicked what i forgot that it gives an origin story for the scarecrow and the lion and the thin man oh yeah actually that's i was gonna say is that a spoiler Actually, technically, no. I mean, kind of. I mean, the real spoiler is that, like, the second act is literally just The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I saw... I remember seeing it for the first time. I was kind of, like... I was, like, gradually picking up stuff, like, oh, that's how that happens. That's where they come from. That's where this happens. It's like, oh, I get that, because I know the movie. I think the book takes longer to flesh out that part. For sure. The and book is so long. It's the book goes a, on forever. It's a slog to get through. But it, yeah. it apparently it has a more subtle nuance to every like kind of like racial plot that they bring up to, which is like the thing of like there's a lot of like racial under and overtones of the story. Making the entire Broadway main cast like white felt like a disservice. Yeah. Like I know it was two thousand and three or whatever, but it's like um Alphaba should I mean we thankfully we saw Lisa de Guzman and she's half Filipino. Yeah. Which I, I'll take that as a win. Come on, Filipinos. Come on. AAPI fil- representation. Oh my lord. You, <laughs> you and your I am an AAPI ally. You and your corporate speak need to, like, not. Oh yeah, the Fiero was Christian Thompson and. He was cute. Mm, he is cute. But also, it's like. It's like the book literally describes him as, like, having dark skin. So it's like. Having him always be played by a white actor feels so weird. So finally having a, a person of color play Fierro makes sense with the book. Yeah. And it's like, there's so much more nuance beyond that in like the scope of this book that just like kind of gets lost in the show, but I think they do a decent job here. Yeah. It's like, I know there's also so much media now, like Cruella, like the Cruella movie, like um, a lot of the uh, Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Or it's like the Disney shows that are like the real story of what happened. Oh yeah, there's lots of examples of that too. What else besides Cruella, Maleficent, and Maleficent? Um, there's other examples. I'm trying to think. A lot of Disney. Disney's been doing that a lot lately. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Hook. Hook. That's Hook. right. That's the OG one. Um, That's true. With Filipino uh, icon uh, Dante Bosco. Yeah. I know I haven't finished the book. I keep every year I try and get like one chapter through this book. Yeah. And you know the thing it makes me think? It's what? like how why do they have to split this into two movies? Why is this going to be two movies in the first place? Why? The wicked movie. Oh. Oh, they're splitting it into two movies. Yes. Which were, would require that the first one be Why? They're doing it to pay fucking Ariana Grande's salary. <laughs> it's the only way they can pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see me, isn't it? Yeah. Got me gravity defying side to side. Popular. Yeah. You're gonna be popular. Is she playing Glinda? Yes. Oh, and course. Cynthia Riva was Elphaba. Which wow. that makes sense because it's so strange to me that there's not really a primary woman of color that plays El- has ever played Elphaba. I they should really just have India Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth India in Menzel India how is it Adina Adina whatever India India Menzel India that's the Adonazine yeah <laughs> they haven't been they haven't entered the Glee death list yet they were both on Glee oh it's your we're talking about the Rachel Berry's mom yeah yeah and Kristen Chenoweth was the ex-girlfriend of Will Schuster she oh yeah. I never see I was straight in high school I didn't watch Glee should we should we like go on one of those gambling websites where we can like gamble on futures and gamble on who's who from Glee is going to die next um um oh. $10,000 it's Matthew Morrison oh like I can oh I'll double that it's so good Matthew Morrison <laughs> no it's it's uh what's Matthew Morrison looks like Ryan Murphy <laughs> Ryan Murphy he wasn't actually on Glee though no, Ryan Murphy's not going to die. He's drinking the Adrenochrome oh, yeah. with Oprah. One of these days, we're going to talk about like how many <laughs> twinks have died on on the on his shows. Yes, that we're going to eventually investigate how many he actually has in his like closet somewhere. Yeah, keeping him alive. Yeah, him and Brad Felchuk, who's also equally as guilty. I wonder what his net worth is. Mikhail, Google it. 
what's Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk's net worth combined? Because they've both been in shows, to, they've both been do- doing shows together. We have to work our hardest to stop the Ryan Murphy industrial complex. You know what? The thing is about Wicked. Every what? time I see this, I just pick up on a certain different part of the show. 150 million dudes. Jesus Christ, that's insane. So it's like, when I saw this the first time, it was literally 2017. And, like, this had been, like, the first official year of, like, the Trump uh, era. Yeah. And it was like, hmm, this is kind of... Re- it's so tra- crazy when you think this... Sh- the fact that this show was written in 2004, like 2003, 2004, so like middle of the Bush administration. Yeah. And it's like a lot of things still do hold up quite well. Like literally using education to make someone a scapegoat. People fundamentally understanding that they can use education to control popular opinion and the masses. Yeah. And like almost like the basically genocide in this show that's like very prevalent and like still extremely relevant today i mean you've got a whole kill the witch mob sequence where it's like all people all these people who have like these misinformed mentalities that like witch can melt her or water can melt the witch Mm -hmm. that are like entirely misinformed but they're going off just like this like mob mentality it's like the thing is so relevant today it's like it's so crazy when you think like QAnon had its moment but like I don't know what is so radical, like, where people who are really radicalized in that sphere are, like, getting their information now these days. Oh, I mean, honestly, it's funny. It's, like, we used to think... This is this is going back to, like, what I was saying, why it's so important to actually step out of your own echo chamber and pay attention to what bullshit these people are being fed. Because it used to be you have to go to Infowars or some QAnon subreddit or something to find this crazy information. And here in Florida, you just talk to the governor. You talk to the governor. It's on it's on cable news now. You know, it's it's very mainstream news. Oh, yeah, Fox News, 24-7, all they run is drag queens and trans people are bad low testosterone because liberals are poisoning the water you know like just crazy shit like that um you won't hear anything about ohio you won't hear oh no you won't hear anything about any other actual issue in the world you're not gonna hear that in liberal media either though i don't listen to liberal media either yeah they're, they're kind I of, get my news from Jimmy Dore. I kidding. get my news from when the lights go out. <laughs> As you should. The most balanced and fair media coverage in all theater. Exactly. The true lefty theater. Tune in next week for our guest, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> the wizard and I. <laughs> Jordan Peterson is the next Elphaba. <laughs> That's what I want. Title of podcast, Jordan B. Peterson as Alphaba. Yes, and they're selling crack at the WeWork. Crack dealers at the WeWork with Jordan Peterson. (laughs) As Alphaba. And Tucker Carlson as Glinda. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, uh, this show especially is, like, very cognizant of, like, media space. I've, like... I think we're riffing on that heavily in this show, but I think it's, like, saying to be critical of, like, where you get your information from and where you, like, what media sources you listen to. Because, like, in the show, they have Madame Morrible, who, like, becomes, like, the press secretary to the wizard Mm -hmm. and uses her platform to, like, spread misinformation about Alphaba and, like, being wicked. And I think a lot of the show fundamentally is about empathy. It's about understanding that, you know, there are people who we can kind of demonize in the world that really are not as bad as we as they can be made out to be yeah and that they're usually taking the fall for something much bigger yeah well you know something that em- empathy is a two-way street right like mm-hmm. you know it's, it's very easy for us to sit here and say okay well because you know like our 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 homies are under attack right now all across the country tennessee florida god knows where else you know with uh, the anti-cabaret drag queen laws things like that don't say gay here in florida um 
but you know like i said empathy's a two-way street so you have to think like you know wh- whether they're right or wrong yeah. these other people are coming from a position where they feel like they're under attack if you go to a church i was someone who was raised very heavily in the church and i mean like the white born-again christian church and you go to any of these churches and they swear they're the most persecuted group in the united yeah. states of america oh, I, i've grown up in the church oh my the catholic church as well you know, they they swear. Oh my God! Oh, they're trying to force our way. You know, God is leaving God the schools. Out of the schools. It's like, and it's like these people really have like a fundamental misunderstanding about the United States. You know, but yeah, the whatever. United States is not a Christian country. Yeah, and also like it, like they'll be like, well, we have in God we trust on the money. It's like, no, yeah, that was out of the nineteen fifties. <laughs> yeah, that was like not at all. What the, I mean, that was Eisenhower. That wasn't that wasn't George Washington. <laughs> You know, oh, and, and but like you know, our founding fathers were all Christians too, but not even a lot of them were very secular, and that's why they 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 wanted the separation of church and state in the Constitution. But they also owned slaves. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, I'm not saying they were the best people ever, but you know, they did write the Constitution with wanting to have a separation of church and, and state. And they had a great musical in Hamilton. They did. You they know did. <laughs> I don't even care for Hamilton. I, I can't. I'm, I can't wait for Magellan the musical. Magellan is colonizers. We get the job done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, empathy. I think is a two-way street, and I think it's understanding that a lot of these people like will fall for this stuff, and I think the show kind of understands that too because people are afraid. There's mm-hmm. a lot to be afraid of in the world, and I think that people find comfort in misinformation, in these conspiracy theories, and it's very easy to get like kind of tracked down into them. And I think, yeah, in some ways, people on the left do fall for very gullible things. Yeah, well, everyone wants that confirmation bias right yeah people want to be sure that what they they think is the right thing Mm -hmm. and you know you can't always blindly just say that it's right because it's right and i think that so much of what i like about the show that it kind of really actively tells you to question it to not even just like even in your own biases even what you think is right because the whole show is like about seeing the wizard of oz from the other side of you know the perspective of it that the wizard is literally just... And in, in the in most of L. Frank Baum n- novels, too, like, the wizard is just a con man from America <laughs> who basically, like... That's what he is. He, yeah, he's not a wizard. Yeah. He's just a con man who basically makes all these, like, mag- actually magical people think that he's, like, secretly a genius. I've never seen that. I don't I don't want to see the Oz great and the powerful. Yeah. That one with James Franco, I heard that's awful. I bet. I think there's this one YouTuber or a TikToker named Tori, the Oz vlog. She does a great series about like what Wizard of Oz novels and series to watch. The only thing is with the Wizard of Oz too is that is a lot of inconsistency because yeah. the internet wasn't around these days back then. Yeah. So like there was no one like doing the top ten inconsistencies in the Wizard of Oz novels <laughs> like, or the Miss Mojo top ten things you didn't catch in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like people weren't like nitpicking as much back then but also the man was broke basically yeah. and was trying to churn out as many of these novels as he could just to like get more money. Yeah. Because those novels were making bank but he just was um, not really great with money Yeah, as most writers are. It came out a long time ago too. I think it's 19... So the movie was 1939. Let's see when the first Wizard of Oz book came out. It's like... And there's like 12 of them, I think, too. Mikhail. Mikhail, fact check me on the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, it's also... It's like... You know what I also, like, entirely... The first time I, I saw it, I kind of caught on to. That, hmm. like, her being discriminated on, like, all this other stuff. It's like... And... The fr- the reason why you know there's a phrase like the friends of Dorothy. Oh my god, like first edition. Ooh, for only how many hundreds? Sixty five hundred dollars. Oh my lord! I think actually I think that Ozvlog Tori has that copy. Oh I have one god. of the original copies somewhere. It is worth that much money. Oh my god. Nineteen hundred. Wow, nineteen hundred. That's right. Lyman Frank Baum. What a name. Lyman Frank Baum. It just sounds like an old name. <laughs> Lyman. Lyman. He was from Chittenango. What the fuck is New that? York. Chittenango. He died in L.A., though. Oh, yeah. Isn't he buried at, uh, what's that, cemetery? It's like, I was. it's so funny. I was like, this is probably one of those Erie Canal towns. Erie Canal towns? I got a mule. Her name is Sal. Fifteen miles on the Erie Canal. 
Forest Lawn. Oh, that's the other one. I, it's like the other big like Hollywood cemetery besides like Hollywood Forever. You should have you seen Hollywood Forever? No, what is it? Hollywood Forever is where Judy Garland is buried. It's Ooh. where Mickey Rooney is buried. A lot of big like uh, Chris Cornell's buried there too. Cool. And uh, Johnny Ramone. A lot of like big famous people. Like Hall. It's so morbid of me, but that's one of my favorite places to go in LA whenever I visit LA, just to see who is buried there. Yeah. Even the the act the multiple dog actors playing Toto are in that cemetery too. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like they literally have like cuz I think they use like five different dogs. Like I think all of the dogs are just buried there in like one tombstone. I got an Airbnb in West Hollywood. Weho. I'm going to do gay shit. And then I'm going to go to Malibu one day. Malibu. Malibu. And I'm also going to tour a factory cuz part of the reason I'm going out there is cuz I want to meet with You're this. an industrialist. Yes, I'm an industrial twink. Industrial twink. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> I don't know why, but that ma- that made me think of the set design of this show. Industrial twink. Yeah, it is. I liked how they did the the wizard. I hate the wizard songs though. His co- the actor playing the mask, fine man. The mask. Yeah, like the you know the contraption. Oh yeah, the puppet for the yeah, mask. Yeah, it was fun. It's like that's the thing. This show is so high tech, but then they bring that out, and then that's so low tech. Oh no, you fucking scared me. What? And I hate every time I see the show. Yeah. During the Wizamania, the wizard, the fucking wizard puppets with the little, the big old faces and the round big old bodies. Yeah. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. Every time I, s- and I've seen this show from further away. I was very close this time. It's worse up close. <laughs> Thank God they're only they're on stage fun. for two seconds. With the legs that go up and down and stuff. The head, the, head. the fucking yeah. neck that stretches out. <laughs> oh, I hate that. It's funny. But I think okay, let's bring it back to a positive. Positive. What I did like is that the actress Lisa de Guzman, her no good deed, Mama, the rent was good. due. Yeah. The rent was due, and the she was, was giving it. Yeah, she was given. She did like three <laughs> different option ups, like, which are like more than the score asked for, like beyond. Like her Define Gravity, I loved her Define Gravity. It's a good Define Gravity. Yeah. Define Solid. Gravity is that's like that's like the sh- the part that makes this show like, like. That's like peak Broadway, what people come for. Yeah. Like, when I think of the shows we've seen recently, like Chicago, okay, it's got song and dance, it's not really spectacle-driven. Yeah. Hades Town still has some spectacle, but it's not really, like, you know, the most, like, flashy Broadway show. Yeah. It's like, Wicked really is, like, like peak Broadway. Like, you have a memorable story that you th- that you can understand. Like, because this was my gateway drug into Broadway. Yeah. And it was like, you've got such... You've got these amazing costumes that are insane looking. You've got really memorable character design. I think Wicked, for our generation, was a lot of people's gateway into Broadway. Yeah, I think for, like, millennials, like, early millennials, that was our Hamilton. For sure. It's like, it was the niche kind of show that if you were, like, in the know of Broadway, you could really get into and really, like, say that this is what's, like, getting into Broadway. You're not an early millennial, though. Uh, Early millennials are, like, 40. I'm a late millennial. Yeah. Like, I'm on the cusp. Like, you're you're proper Gen Z. I'm, like, like a zillennial. Some people would say I'm a millennial. Some people would say I'm Gen Z. I've heard people say 95 is, like, the cusp. It's, it's, everyone has a different metric. That's why things like generations are so stupid. Some people say it's post-95. Some people say it's post-2000. Some people say it's post-9-11. This one friend I had on, on one of my other, like, theater reviewer friends says that, like, this show is literally, like, the theater version of Harry Potter. Because, like, the message is kind of, like... I don't know. I think there's a stronger message here than Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, Harry Potter was definitely, like, neoliberal, like, not really have the best... Didn't really have the best message about race. And, like, <laughs> even today has aged worse. And J.K. Rowling is just dugging herself worse. Oh, my God. Why does J.K. Rowling have to, like, ruin... Talk. Yeah. Because she really believes in supporting women. Yeah, God. So, that's such bullshit. I'm being sarcastic. She doesn't support it, all it's women. It's so funny. I think one of the biggest Harry Potter fans I know is our mutual friend. That's a trans woman. Oh, and yeah. She's all over the Harry she Potter plays game, that game and everything. And, I'm like, and it's like, well, separate the art from the artist. Well, you know what? I'll say this. My very first book was Harry Potter. And I was really into it. Yeah. And I think after a while, it was just like, I kind of got over because, A, I, d- I read other books. When you grow up. You like, grow up. You know, like, I really liked fucking 
a lot of shit when I was a kid. Like, I liked Webkins when I was a kid, too. I don't still fucking play Webkins, you know? Like, Well, it's like it's also the thing, too. It's like me, and I, I still like Disney. I was a Disney child. It's because you're from Florida. Well, I'm in Florida. <laughs> you're, well, you're but also, I also know Disney. that nothing I purchased at the Disney Compa- Company Incorporation is going to materially support Walt Disney. Material girl. Like, <laughs> I'm not giving Walt Disney my money. Walt Disney is long dead. His children. And his daughter. Well, his granddaughter, okay, but Walt, Walt Disney, is it, pretty lefty. Okay, it's like, as much as like Walt Disney as a person sucks, like, that's not my gripe with Disney. <laughs> like, I just hate Disney. I hate Disney things. Well, it's like there's a thing of like you. Know, I mean, there's they're currently in a very big public union battle. Yeah. Um, of getting paid properly, and a lot of Disney employees work like live in, out of their car. Yeah. Or, or like the Florida projects out of a hotel. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with Disney fundamentally, but it's like yeah, I have nostalgia from it as a kid. Some of it's not the strongest storytelling, and honestly, I do not like the fact that the company is like buying up all these things. The Florida Project is so real. The Florida it's Project it is the most a real look at poverty in Florida, especially central. Well, spe- central Florida, especially because you have mm-hmm. you have the happiest place on earth, quote unquote, and then you have the least happiest place on earth, which yeah. is the area outside of Kissimmee. It's in Kissimmee. It's in Kissimmee. Yeah. Also, the rest We're of Kissimmee all, that yeah. isn't the park. Well, the park isn't technically Kissimmee. Oh yeah, it's their special Reedy Creek Reedy district. Creek. And then there, there's a name for it. They call it um, it starts with a B. Oh oh. Oh yeah, Vista. Disney's almost like not so secret. Um, yeah. What do you call it? Eugenics plot. Yeah. They're like white nationalist community and their Wait, celebration. Celebration. That's where my niece was born. <laughs> oh God, you can get. Oh yeah, there was oh my God. that, that rumor like, years ago. My sister is like such like the quintessential like Florida family. Like they live in Tampa, they have the Disney annual passes. Uh, they go like every other weekend. Is it true if you're born on Disney born on Disney property you get like free Disney passes for life? I don't There's something you get. Yeah, I forget right. what it is. My sister could tell me if I asked. Well, no one dies on Disney property. They give the baby like a whole bunch of Disney shit cuz she was born at Celebration Hospital. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. my sister was living there at the time. You can get born there. You can't die there. No. Because that's, that's, like, the long-standing rumor is, like, if you, anyone ever gets injured or, like, is close to death at Disney, they'll, like, rush them off property so they don't die at Disney. They couldn't do that for that baby that got eaten by the alligator. alligator. Oh, that's true. That was the Well, technically, he died in the alligator. <laughs> Didn't die at Disney. He died in the he alligator. He died in the alli- on Disney property. Well, the alligator was on the resort property. He didn't property. die. They cryonically preserved him. Like, what's this <laughs> Kibosh out of here. Yeah. We have a show to go to tonight. I'm so excited. Doll's House Part 2. Doll's House Part yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah. Which is like... Cable Stage is my favorite. I love them. It's like... So it's a newer work. It's about... It's like taking the Ibsen play and like saying what happens to Nora after she infamously slams the door. Yeah. Maybe that's the metaphor for the show. <laughs> the slamming what? door. Yeah! Wow! Wow. People slamming the door while we're recording this. We should come back here this. to record uh, the Doll's House. House Part 2. Let's do it like also at 5 o'clock so everyone slams the fucking door. Yeah. It's like... It's a very interesting like approach to it because so there's a current Broadway production right now uh, starring Jessica Chastain it's very minimal and people are like kind of griping that it looks too minimal like there's no actual set design to it was that how the whole play is though because what you showed me was just the pre the pre pre show i saw some intermission footage it also looks like that too as well yeah i mean the show is doesn't really rely on any kind of setting well i mean like there's like the whole thing's like at like a christmas party you know they could have a christmas tree but it's like a period piece isn't it yeah but they had christmas back then they could, you know, the old clothes are fun. Because also, I think it is a play set in a specific place and time yeah. where women didn't have specific rights. And, you know, if you can't you can't 21st centuryize that, <laughs> you know? You know what we're about to play? Smasher Pass. Our center Smasher Pass. Okay. We're just going to get these out in, like, one round, in, like, a go, because... Okay. I I have so many thoughts about this season. Oh, 
first show of the season. Pretty Woman the Musical. Um, yeah, that that's a no for you, I know, for whatever reason. Um, ah, I'm not so crazy about it. I, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to put it in your brain, but I think I've never seen a more just like cynically crafted piece of musical theater it's ever. Bad. You've seen it's, it before? Yes, I saw it at the Broward Center was there last season and it is literally the movie with songs by Brian Adams. It feels like a bunch of executives just went to into a boardroom and like put their greedy little fingers together and say <laughs> Yes, pretty woman the musical will make <laughs> we'll put the music Jordan on Brian Adams. <laughs> People love Pretty Woman in the 80s, and they love Brian Adams in the 80s, so they're going to love this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm, we're printing money, basically. That show did not run that long on Broadway. Yeah. I don't. That show, I am still like baffled how it has recouped on tour. Well, yeah. I know how. They play a bunch of small markets, and like a bunch of markets where you're like, they're not really into musical theater, but they'll like love to see something like this, and they yeah. think this is what musicals are, and it's yeah. kind of cynical. Yeah. But I digress. Next show, The Share Show, making its South Florida debut at the Art Center. I mean, I just hope it comes before they make drag shows illegal in Florida. It's all mostly cis women. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, it, oh, tr- female impersonation. Unless I mean, they make it 21 and up. It's I mean, the Tennessee illegal. bill literally says female impersonation, mama. Even a, f- a cis woman actress playing Cher. That's female impersonation. Yeah. They're impersonating the only female, Cher. Yes, exactly. And I think... I mean, for me, it's like I know the plot of it. I know the premise of it. It's like a lot of these. Is it? Is it a bio queen musical? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I'm gonna embargo that word before we like record that episode. I full embargo on the word bio queen. It's a but it, what is no? It? It's a bio call. Bio jukebox. It's a bionicle. <laughs> bionicle. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. How many so Bionicles are they gonna make? We've been seeing a lot of these lately. A lot of Bionicles. Uh, Tina was the best one though. Oh, was so she was rolling dirty. on that fucking river. Rolling, rolling on the river. Rolling. That was a really good one. I hope it's on that level. I, I mean, Share Show sadly also didn't last that long. The thing with a lot of these shows is they do really well for the first few months they're open, and then they just like tank once like the slow season happens. Mm-hmm. And that's I think what's probably gonna happen with the current ones on broadway now mm. except for mj mj's been doing really well shockingly yeah but uh share show i just hope they have original bob mackie dresses yeah because the only reason i mean okay stephanie j block is a star we saw her at the parker and she oh, she's gonna be in it no i don't i hope i don't know because be, she's gonna be in into the woods by then okay um on tour um next show after that oh our old favorite hamilton Oh, God. I can't... I, Colonizers, we get I'm the job done. Went, yeah, I'm glad I went once, but I don't know about a second time. I, I don't, I'm okay to not see that again. Yeah. I think that it's like, it's really just... It's the same production on T, on Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. on Broadway, and on tour. You, I, it I, just, I, it makes me angry. <laughs> it's like, I mean, we've already griped about the yeah, source material. Let's, let's just, yeah, what else? <laughs> We'll move on to Peter Pan, the hit Broadway musical. Okay. Peter Pan, that's a musical? Peter Pan. Who did that? He can fly, you can fly, he can fly, he can fly. I think my nephew's favorite musical when he was two. It's my sister's favorite, like, show. That's why we saw Finding Neverland when it was on Broadway. Oh, yeah? It's... Oh, and that show's a mess. That show's not... That also starred Matthew Morrison when it first ran. Finding Neverland? Isn't that the Michael Jackson documentary? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's... It's what's it called? Um, it's uh, it's a movie. Leaving Neverland. Or Leaving something? Neverland, something like that. Yeah. Fighting Neverland was the one starring Johnny Depp. Okay. But it's also produced by the Weinstein Company. Wait, wasn't that Hook? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's what's his name. Okay. Um, other guy. But okay, so this this Peter Pan, I I hadn't even heard of this musical version. It's from 1904 or. It has, no, the 1904 play. Oh, play. Wait, is this nineteen? So Peter musical? Pan was first. How many musical versions are, are there? God, that's there? some old source material, right My there. My lord, 
Mikhail's in it. Boris Karloff. How? Wait, how many musical versions of Peter Pan I mean, have there been? Peter Pan's great for Miami because so many men here have Peter Pan syndrome. They really so, are. You know, maybe they'll I do am well. A lost boy from Neverland. Well, plot twist. That's why no one can afford tickets because they love Peter Pan. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the Kathy Rigby version, I think. Okay. It's it's the funniest thing every time. So Peter Pan traditionally is played by just like a wayfish woman who yeah. has like twink energy. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I love about this show. It's like, it's a never- wayfish woman. Well, let me just not. <laughs> let me just not. Let me stop myself. <laughs> Which, <laughs> you know what? We're learning to edit on our own. And I think that's growth. <laughs> I think that's growth. Um, okay, last show of the season, of the next season Les Miserables. I'm always down for Les Mis. Can I tell you, so, like, before the pandemic, like, January 2020, yeah. I was supposed to see Les Mis with my coworker. He Well, he asked me, like, day of, and it's such a bit... I just thought of the movie and the fact that that is such a commitment. That show is three hours. Mm-hmm. And I was, like... And he had, like... He he wasn't a student, because he dropped out, but he was still making more than me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I have a degree. Did I ever tell you we did, like, a, a middle school production of Les Mis? Is that legal? That's probably illegal. I don't know. <laughs> That's just, I, oh okay okay. So we I have think, like, the official songbooks. Oh shit, then yeah. Like, I'd yeah. say I think it's because it's closed on Broadway long enough. That's I know a lot of the lyrics to a lot of the songs from being in that. <laughs> you oh my god! Have you heard my one woman show version of One Day More? But you know the thing about it is sorry not to interrupt. But, Good because um, like, this <laughs> one woman show takes a lot for me to do. Um, we didn't like do. Th- the musical musical we just sang all the songs it was like a, like concert a recital version. yeah which i i saw the concert version in like middle and like high school because my history teacher showed us that and thought yeah. that that suffice as a history lesson <laughs> which is like it's the fictional happenings of this version of the french revolution the funny thing is it's like okay so les mis is actually the third french revolution right and um that was because I was so young when I learned all the songs from Les Mis and learned Les Mis. Um, I, I had such a hard time wrapping my head around the French Revolution for a while. Like, and which version was it? Like, yeah, I was like, wait, what's going on? Because, like, then they start teaching me about the French Revolution in, um, you know, in high school. And you I'm think like, of, like, wait, Marie was, was Jean Valjean there yet? And they're like, no, 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 this was Marie Antoinette. And it's like, wait. So Marie Antoinette wasn't involved in the Les Mis revolution? No, 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 no. That was after Napoleon. When does Napoleon come into play? Like, France was a mess in the 19th century. Oh, yeah. Like, complete disaster. Which is kind of the plot of Les Mis is the fact that it's like, they know that this is, they've, like, revolted before, and it's kind of just fallen back into monarchy, then they revolt again, then it falls back into monarchy. So it's like, what was going to happen if, like, people are starving and are getting arrested for a piece of bread? For like, um, do if we revolt again? Yeah, a lot of empty chairs at empty tables. We don't even give a fuck at this point. Which is like the thing about like people who you know what it is like that song kind of like really reinforces people who like use a lot of revolutionary language. Like I think a lot of online leftists too like to use a lot of like revolutionary language. Oh my god, I was at Stonewall Archives. Mm. Um, did I hang out? No, I hung out with my other friend in Oakland Park that day. Um, and I went, and they had this like big like sign talking about you know there's this whole like new like we're gonna call gay people groomers thing going on right and uh at the end of them like you know just kind of like talking about how like historically this is like a trope that's like forced on lgbt people like at the end like whoever was the copywriter it needs to be shot oh no like at the end is literally like uh, <laughs> will you join in our brigade will you oh, be strong will you join in our Christmas? beyond the barricade is there <laughs> and it's like bitch like like you had a like it was cute for a second and then you have to throw the fucking broadway lyrics in there for the gays like like stop like this is why no one takes this seriously i know you know where else they say you know where else they sing what uh do you hear the people sing at where Dashcon. What is Dashcon? <gasps> oh baby. What? Oh baby. What you were it? were you online in 2012? Yeah. So Dashcon was this like big You know how they always have these posts like what if Tumblr was a school? Yeah. And like they'd be like fantasizing like how Tumblr would be run as a school. So basically, they made this Tumblr convention in like the Midwest somewhere. Yeah. And Basically, it was run by a 12-year-old and a bunch of people that have never run a con before. Oh, God. 
And so the last, like the first day, they ran out of money. It's a very long story. I will okay. show you a video say on this. It they ran out of money on the first day, and so they basically like put a collection basket together. Said if everyone gave like a hundred bucks right now, we would be able to save the con, and they did. And somehow they made enough money to save the con, and basically at the end of it, they were saying, "Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is the music of a people who will not be slaves again." <laughs> when the beating of your heart comes, the beating of the drums, there is a life about us that when tomorrow comes. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I was getting laid in 2012. <laughs> this is not. I was not. I was a high schooler, and I was straight. <laughs> My name has been JD from When the Lights Go Out. And I'm John Valjean. 24601! <laughs> Wait, let me end with the Wicked song. Who can say if I've been changed for the better? Word. But because I knew you, I have been changed there you go. for good. Word, we'll see you at the theater. <laughs> Bye. Bye. A test. Perhaps some friends. Some friends. I'll drink to that and then. Prairie oyster, darling. It's an egg with Worcestershire sauce all sort of pushed up together. She writes plays now? How you doing, Broadway? Broadway. Broadway. Broadway.